You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Cover a lot of territory today. We had Bubba Wallace on in the first hour. We spent some time with Jeff Passon of the Mothership talking about the upcoming baseball season. I saw something from Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, on how many preseason games the NFL should have. The NFL and NFL Players Association discussing the possibility of only playing two preseason games this year. Two would be the absolute minimum for reasons unrelated to getting football teams ready to go. Apart from larger-than-usual ratings the preseason games would generate, each team having a home preseason game and a road preseason game would give every team a dry run, making it easier to execute what will be a very difficult game day experience when the regular season starts. Whether adjusting to preparing for a game in their own stadium or traveling and showing up and following the guidelines in another city. But uh, that's according to Mike Florio. Found that interesting. I just don't know how we're playing football first week of August. But I'm trying to be positive, trying to be optimistic, while being a journalist, of course. I mentioned that we had Bubba Wallace first hour. And I had some questions about all of this and how it unfolded in real time. You know, we know the feelings there. We know the feelings on Bubba Wallace's side. You know, the NASCAR community, I think, in whole has, uh, in general, has an opinion on all of this. And, you know, I can understand the sensitivity, certainly with Bubba Wallace's side of this, with what he saw or what he felt or what he thought, what he's already gone through. But the NASCAR community being painted with a broad brush, and you had journalists or writers or, you know, hot take artists who were saying, Hey, rush to judgment. Hey, we shouldn't be surprised. This is a tip. This is typical of NASCAR, which was unfair to the NASCAR community. I think that's why you've had anger. I think you've had fans on Twitter, email, uh, saying that this is a hoax. Uh, Bubba Wallace is sort of perpetuating this hoax here. It's not. It's not on him. You know, NASCAR is the one that told us it was a noose. FBI said it was a noose. I haven't seen it yet. I asked Bubba Wallace a couple of questions, trying to get some answers here. And uh, this is a portion of the interview from the first hour. I called a crew member who's African-American on my team just to check in on him. And he actually ended up being the one that found it. And uh, he played it off very well. Him and my crew chief played it off very well, uh, rightfully so, to keep it to keep it away from me and not let it affect me. Although I, I had already found out. And so they were trying to protect me. And I asked them, I said, you know, have we checked the other garages? This isn't something uh, that can, you know, that was done in a matter of seconds. And both of them said in my heart or in their hearts, they believe it was done overnight. And this, is, this isn't something that can be done in minutes. This took time. I don't even know how to tie a noose, but it was, in fact, a noose as a garage pool. All right. My question here. My main question is that his crew members said this probably happened overnight. How often are you going in and out of that garage? Now, that proved to be wrong. It had been there since October. Two races a year at Talladega, fall and spring, and was that there? It's a, it's a, gra- it's a pull down, you, you pull it down the garage with this. And it was there last fall. So this wasn't directed at Bubba Wallace. 
I think there's there was misinformation here. I think there was a reaction, a rush to judgment. Uh, if you look at the heightened sensitivity, not only in NASCAR, but everywhere, certainly in this country. And I think that that's when the president of NASCAR reached out to Bubba Wallace and said he wanted to talk to him about it. Now, his crew guys are trying to keep it from Bubba by going to NASCAR and letting them know, but then NASCAR, the president, got a hold of Bubba Wallace. That's where I think that these that it started to go sideways here. Because if we think it's a hate crime, it's viewed as a hate crime. And the president of NASCAR is saying this. The FBI is saying that it's a noose. Then, okay. Then I guess it's a noose. But the investigation didn't bear that out. Because I said at the time on Monday, you know, can we... What does Talladega look like? How do, how do people have access here? Did they just throw the noose in? I didn't know where the noose was. And then I find out that it's actually on a rope that's used to pull down the garage. And every garage has the rope. Not every garage has something that resembles a noose or a slipknot. That's where I thought NASCAR... I think they put Bubba Wallace in... A, a difficult situation here because Bubba thinks it's one thing and then we find out it's not, it's something else. And his team members brought it up as well. Uh, So those are just some of the questions that I had. And I appreciate Bubba coming on because this is going to be there wherever he goes. He's going to get these questions. I don't know what the reaction is going to be. He's going to Pocono. He had all of this goodwill built up. And now you go to Pocono and there's no fans or very few fans. I don't know how people are going to greet him because I watched what he did at the end of that race at Talladega. That's why I tuned in. I thought he handled himself well and he's handling himself well, but he is, he's getting roughed up on social media here. And maybe he expected that, but do you have people saying that, you know, why don't you just announce that this wasn't a hate crime? And it wasn't intended for you. And he said it, he knows it wasn't intended for him. But it's uh, it's rough. Twitter's Twitter's rough today. I know that firsthand. Um, the president of NASCAR, Steve Phelps, had to say, or he said this about you know, was this a staged of, event? I can't speak for those on social media who would say that this is a staged event um i would say that is something that personally offends me this is a a terrible terrible act that has happened and you know for those who that would would think that this is staged i i don't even know where to go with that frankly all right so that's the president of nascar we did reach out we were told that uh steve phelps was unavailable but i i don't know what he was told when he was told you know, what happened and did he get to see the garage and get the, you know, get to see the news. I don't know if, if you could misconstrue it. I don't know if it was unintentional, but I do think the climate that we're in probably led to this jump in conclusions there. And I, I'm not going to question Bubba Wallace reacting to this. These are his opinions, his feelings. He's lived this. And I think you got to be fair to him. 
and I know he's, you know, they're they're saying, oh, you're like uh, the uh, the actor, Jussie Smollett, you know, that he staged something here. That's not fair to Bubba Wallace. He didn't he didn't stage this. He didn't bring it to anybody's attention. He was already getting a ton of publicity with Black Lives Matter. I don't know if you and people are accusing him of of doing that, like going, oh. You know what? You, you get more sponsors this way. Yeah, you do. But he was already pretty popular, it felt like. So that's just my Cliff Notes version of uh, the conversation I had with Bubba Wallace. And if you choose to listen to it, then it's on DanPatrick.com. If you don't want to, you have your side of this, then that's fine. I, I've tried to, you know, I've said this before. I don't have a desired result here. I didn't say, oh, yeah, good for Bubba Wallace. Oh, that's typical NASCAR. I, that, that's not how I think with this. I approached this and just had questions about it. Um, did I allow a motion? Yeah, I did. But when I hear the FBI and NASCAR telling me it's a noose and that no other garage had it, I, I reacted that way with emotion. Because I don't have NASCAR sources. And Paulie has worked in the NASCAR world. We were trying to find somebody who could say, all I wanted to know was, what's it look like? Where is it? And they didn't say a possible noose, an alleged noose, a possible hate crime. They said hate crime and noose. And that's why that was the reaction there. But I understand the sensitivity of the NASCAR fan base. I do. I don't, I don't blame you for being upset that you're painted with a broad brush. But understand, on that same day, you had somebody who rented a plane with a Confederate flag flying over. And people outside with Confederate flags. It's not out of the realm of possibilities that somebody could have done that. To at least be fair to both sides, which I'm trying to be. I have questions on Bubba Wallace's side. I don't know how all those crew members, nobody, how many times you pull down, did everybody, did they leave the garage door up the whole time? I, I don't know what is protocol, but those were questions that I had. You're pulling down that garage every night, I'm guessing, and locking it up. But then Bubba is told by one of his crew members, Somebody had to do that overnight. And that's where I think this story went sideways in a hurry. Um, Bubba thinks it's over. I don't think it is. I think there'll be probably other details that may come out about this. And, and I don't know if it makes it any better or not. Feels like damage is done. But he goes to Pocono, and they got two races coming up this weekend. All right, McLovin, you got a poll question for the final hour. Well, yeah, we had up so far. Are you more or less excited for the MLB shortened regular season? It's actually like 51-49 more excited, so it's pretty close. Uh, we got to get people to weigh in on this runner on second base because Twitter's kind of divided on this. I put that out there. If this was just 162-game schedule, yeah. I'd have a problem with it. Well, with this... And I understand why they're doing it. Then, I, like it's a one-timer. 
All right, let's let's just do it and then we'll move on. I'm just curious where baseball goes with the DH in the National League. Like some of the other things that they might put in play here, well, they are putting the DH in there. Is it just a one and done? You know, it feels like once you do it, it's rare when you say on second thought we're going to take that away. And I I think baseball will probably look at that DH and that might be here for the long haul. Yeah, Paul. It, it does feel like baseball is looking at this as an opportunity to experiment. They could put in all these rules and no one's going to say anything because in the world we're in right now, and they'll look how these play out this year. And if they, they stink and no one likes them, get rid of them for next year. If they like them, then they could easily slide them in. It's almost like an opportunity. I mentioned about baseball. It's, it's, you either hit a home run or you strike out. The percentage of plate appearances in baseball, which resulted in either a home run, a walk, or a strikeout, according to the decades that they were in. The 70s, it was 24%. It was 24% in the 80s, 27% in the 90s, 28% in uh, the 2000s. Resulted in either a home run, walk, or a strikeout. In the 2010s, 31.5% of the plate appearances resulted in a home run, strikeout, or walk. And that feels like that's a stat of the day. Someone's asleep stat at the, the wheel day, over there. Stat of the day, tap, tap. stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Top. Ryan in Wisconsin joins us. Hi, Ryan. What do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. 59205. I wanted to weigh in on the Bubba Wallace conversation mm-hmm. and a couple important points of context based on your questions. It's the first, it's important to know that the garage under the COVID-19 scenario has only been open for one or two hours before the race. And in most cases, the garage doors have been open, so there's limited access to see the actual where the snooze might be. Bob Pockris of Fox Sports has some great pictures from the last race in October, which clearly show the noose hanging. And then also shows a limited picture from this past weekend, which also shows the noose in the same location. Um, the last point that I want to make is, despite all of the pressure that Bubba Wallace has been under, the performance that this guy has given the last three weeks with the results and underperforming equipment has been just impressive. I hope that Bubba Wallace continues to get the support of the NASCAR community. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. We appreciate that. Uh, H773DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. What about somebody batting 400? 60 games. Does somebody bat 400? And how do we recognize that player? I'm glad you ask. Since 2000, the following players have hit at least 400 over a single season 60 game stretch. There have been a lot of them. Total of 19 players who have done it since 2000, 23 occurrences. So we've had some players do it at least uh, once. Johnny Damon, Barry Bonds, Albert Pujols, Ichiro, Bonds, Derek Lee, Joe Maurer, Ichiro, Maglior Donez, Manny Ramirez, Chipper Jones, Hanley Ramirez, Josh Hamilton, Andrew McCutcheon, Jose Altuve, Joey Votto. Are we going to have a batter hit 400? Now, I say no. 
because that's just a 60-game stretch in the course of a season. Now it's all 60 games. Are you going to be able to bat 400 here? And I think it'll be uh, a lot tougher to be able to do that. But how will we recognize if they have this season somebody bats 400? Yes, McLevin. I only recognize uh, on-base percentage anyway. Oh, of course. So of course. My 400 bad. doesn't really mean my, anything my, to me. My bad. <laughs> recognize. Yeah, my, my, my bad. <laughs> Mike in Washington. Hey, Mike, what do you have for me today? Hey, bud. Hey. Hey, uh, first-time caller, so this is some uncharted waters. Oh! Um, I'm a deceptively fast 6-2 and a hard 185. Uh, basically, you just kind of brought up the question I was going to ask, is what is that? What is the amount of number of the games that have to be played for if you finish with a 400 for it to be recognized? And, um, you know, when it comes to all the kind of stats of baseball, obviously home runs aren't going to get hit, but... If you win 23 games as a pitcher, or if you finish oh, no, with you're not winning 23 games. <laughs> you know what I'm just saying? Like, you know, what, if, what, if, what, is the, what, is the, what is that number? Thanks for the time. I, I don't think, and thank you, Mike, I don't think any of these numbers will be recognized. Because the, what number could emerge that you go, boy, that's historical, batting 400? Because you're not going to have any other numbers, whether it's wins, losses, uh, home runs, RBIs. Yeah, McLovin. Was it Matt Williams chasing the home run record yeah. in the strike year? That yeah. stunk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows, but still. Matt Williams, he had a run there. He he could... Uh, and wasn't he married to the uh, Blame It on Rio woman? That movie, Blame R- It on Rio? Ritzy? Yeah, I know, uh, the name shockingly escapes me, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Is it like Johnson? Wait Was a second. There... You finally, Dan finally brings up your favorite movie of all time, Blame It on Rio, and you don't have a whole that's dossier. That's your that, That's like a top ten, uh, yeah. top 10 movie. Speaking of movies you can never make now, huh? Oh, you couldn't do that Michelle one. Michelle Johnson. Michelle Johnson, okay. There you go. All right, thank you, Ton. Matt Matt Williams and the uh, other, so Demi Moore is there with Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Joseph Bologna, right? What? That's the guy. That's the star. Yeah. yeah. Joe Bologna. Yeah. Remember him? You'd recognize him. He's a great character. It actor. translates to Joe Bologna. In Joe Bologna. Just in case it got past you. <laughs> Joseph Bologna. <laughs> Bologna. But Bologna sounds so international and cool. <laughs> yeah. That, so Matt Williams was married to Michelle Williams, or uh, Johnson. Yes, McLovin. Wow. Yeah. yeah but and, what happened to him? Did he, he sort of like kind of faded right after that, didn't he? Or did he stick around? He was a good player for a while. Are we talking about Joe Bologna? <laughs> no, Matt Williams. Oh, Matt. Matt, Matt Williams' last all-star appearance was 99. He had 35, 35 home runs that year. It was third in the MVP race at age 33. Mm. All right. We'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. <laughs> Who else is breaking down I, Matt I Williams' know, career? I know. Right? And blame it on Rio. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jose Rio, what? Yeah. If some, if you're listening, then you you've become accustomed to knowing that you know we're not. I I don't know where I'm going. We don't know where we're going. Un uncharted territory here for this program. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, Rachel Nichols from the Mothership, the Jump, will join us on the program tomorrow. Twenty after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Your FICO credit score. Have you checked it? Do you know what it is? 90% of top lenders want to know what that is. Discover is offering you an opportunity, even if you're not a customer, to find that out for free. Who wouldn't want to do that? I don't know, Todd. You have to. It's free, even if you're not a customer, and checking your score won't hurt your credit. 
You can check each month for changes. It's called the Discover the Discover Credit Scorecard. It's free for everyone. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations, like Todd, do apply. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. Just saw where Brooks Kepka has pulled out of a golf tournament in Hartford this week. His caddy has tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah, Paul. Nah, I was just going to say, I was wondering if there's any option for him to play caddy list, but they, they probably would not want anyone that close to it. Well, I would think that he would, you know, have to go through testing yeah. now. So I don't, I don't know. Just a precautionary measure there, but uh, you know, just saw that where that tournament is starting this morning, and uh, had to pull out of that event. All right, a couple more phone calls in here. Paul in Iowa. Hey, Paul, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan, five eleven one seventy. Thank you. So I want to bring up the point. I think there's a, a real chance that we have a scenario where an entire three A bullpen needs to be called up because what happens if one guy in your pitching rotation tests positive? Who's he been in contact with in the past week? So you lose maybe your entire bullpen for at least the next game while they're all tested. Um, I think that could really affect the final standings. Yeah, what, what I was told is that you know they're going to expand the rosters. They're going to have about 60 players available. And thanks for the phone call because there's no minor league system right now. And you're going to have a bla- about, th- I think, 30 players maybe on the roster. And then they'll decrease that in the, uh, the future weeks. So it might go from 30 to 28 to 26. But there would be about 60 players total available for each team, including these minor leaguers, if somebody happens to test positive. Uh, Caleb in North Carolina is back. Hi, Caleb. Hey, DP, 65250. Uh, quick shout out to Chat Row. And, yeah, I just wanted to say as a traditional baseball guy, I'd normally be completely against the runner starting at second and tenth inning. Mm. But with the short season and bigger issues with injuries, with people not being ready for the year, I think it's a great idea. Have to shorten the season and uh, or shorten the games and get them in and out uh, to avoid injury. Also wanted to get your uh, World Series picks this year. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't Division by division. I, I don't know, Caleb. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, the obvious would be the Dodgers and the Yankees. I, I'd, I'd have to look at pitching depth and, you know. <laughs> are there is there going to be a fantasy baseball league? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Right, because, yeah, there are a lot of tweets about they're changing the rules. I don't even know. It's, it's a challenge, but they're doing it. Okay. By the way, I just saw a funny tweet. The worst case scenario for Major League Baseball is if the Astros win this World Series. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, no, no, it's already going to have an asterisk by it. Yeah. So they're good. They're going to have double asterisks. Uh, Sean in Indiana. Hi, Sean. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. Um, I feel like we are focusing a lot on the negatives of everything going on in like baseball and stuff. Personally, from a guy that does not watch a lot of baseball, I think this year is going to be awesome because there could really be some of those teams that normally aren't good, but they get hot. And if they have good prospects that are up and coming that they would normally trade, 
I think this year is going to be really fun to watch because you're going to see a lot of people that you haven't seen before and also the strategy of the game. Like every run is going to matter. And so it might, you know, the long ball might not be a big deal. It's all going to be getting runners on base and just, you know, grinding it out. So I think this year baseball will be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. I said that, Sean. I agree with you that we're going to have a lot of teams involved in this, and it's 60 games, and it's going to be a sprint, not a marathon. You're going to have a couple of teams that will probably surprise you. Normally that doesn't happen because this is about payroll. Yes, Todd. It could also have an NCAA tournament feel, not only where maybe there's a surprise Cinderella team, but there's always that player that you never heard of that's going to all of a sudden make a name for himself because of an injury or someone gets a chance in this kind of format that becomes some hero later on. I saw that there is, uh, you know, we've been looking for things to bet on. Gamblers have been looking for things to bet on. I never thought that I would uh, think that this was a new form of betting. Shark migration. Yeah, this is my territory. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. My bad. I got to show love to my shark expert. I'm the shark guy, Mick Levin. Okay, because you saw a great white shark. I did last year uh, off Marconi Beach in Cape Cod. Okay, and you survived that. I did survive it. Because it it was about, what, 60 yards from you? Yes, and by the way, I appreciate it. I get about five shark tweets a day. People saying, I know you're the shark guy on the Dan Patrick show. (laughs) So you can bet on migratory patterns of these great whites that have tags in them. Uh, It's a new thing. Yeah. I'm in. I'm going to be the handicapper. There, there is a website called MyBookie, and it's very just, popular betting site. It's a sports. it's a sports book that has invited gamblers to place wagers on the summer migration patterns of nine great white sharks. They use data that they got from uh, O Search, and uh, it's a nonprofit that's been tracking these uh, animals, their movements for years. Interactive map on the website monitors the shark migration in real time, providing gamblers ample fodder for wagers, akin perhaps to a virtual horse race conducted entirely at sea. <laughs> How desperate do you have to be to, to put some money on it? I'm going to put a dime on, on, the, on the five shark. Yes, McLovin. I'm a little worried as a shark. If I keep this joke alive, will I get eaten by a shark? Because that's how the universe works. I feel like I'm setting myself up here. I'm not hoping for it. But once again, <laughs> it could be good content. Your objective. You're just going to cover the story. <laughs> yes. Yes, Paul. I know exactly how this is going to play out. Some guy out there listening is a fan of our show and probably owns one of those deep sea fishing expedition things in Bora Bora. And he's going to invite McLovin to an all expense paid trip where he gets to swim in a cage with the sharks and we are going to coax him into it. No way. Yeah. Uh, I, I just saw, we got a controversy here. I think we have a controversy. Do you want to hit breaking news here, Paul? Oh no. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. I time. do. Okay. Do you want to explain explain your scoreboard? Todd does his scoreboard every day and and explain that you have a winner from uh, Traverse City. You called it Traverse City. I pronounced it wrong and that was not the, that was just a start. <laughs> it's okay. Of, it's of, okay. Of a, of a more major problem. Okay, so you have the I number I hope you'll still get the uh, prize after 24 me. and 34. 24 not the controversial one that we're getting to. 24 was just Ricky Henderson made his debut with the A's and stole his first base wears uh, number 24 or wore number 24 so that was fine. And then the 34 had to do with Shaquille O'Neal being uh, drafted and uh, 
He wore more than one number. I had number 34 up, famous Laker number 34, but mm. he was not drafted by the Lakers on this date in history as the, uh, with the clue being a huge selection. He was actually number 32 mm. in the early days of his career. So mm. it should actually read 24 and 32 if you're, just, if you're talking about the time he entered the league. What is more drafted. embarrassing that we had Adam Sandler on on Monday, on and you said it was the 30th anniversary of him joining Saturday Night Live, to which Sandler said, no, that's not true. In the summer months they run re-airs. Yeah, and now you have Shaq being drafted on this day being drafted wearing number 34. It's embarrassing. It was anyway. careless and because you think of him as number 34, but if you're going by you know mm. this particular scoreboard and this clue and this date in history, he was number 32 with the Orlando Magic. So it should read 24 and 32, and it's not Traverse City, Michigan, is what I'm being told also. No, it's not. <sighs> Having a tough little run here. I got Bubba Wallace on the show. I know he did other interviews. I'm just trying to find something now. Mm. Passing was good. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple of fun... Quip lines I, I, I never thought that I would miss mock headlines. Maybe mock headlines would be better <laughs> no, than, I'm than the scoreboard that you've lost, challenge. You've all lost complete trust in anything that I have to say, which mm. you already have to a certain extent anyway, but now it's even worse that I'm not doing the just basic research to get things right, like a jersey number or a, a date we, in history. You do so much research on you know the clue. And and you you take great pride. I do in this. spend a lot of time trying to come up with a clever Jeopardy yeah, type clue. Yeah, the play on words, and then you don't get the actual facts of the scoreboard challenge. That's a problem. Or I'll give you like seventeen articles on an upcoming guest, and then the the, the main guest I give you nothing. I just it's not good. I know. I don't, you would think by now I'd have figured out like you know, what what it takes to do the job effectively and accurately. How about I give you one more shot? Scoreboard is on double secret probation <laughs> right now. Okay, I like the scoreboard; it's fun. But I do spend a lot of time on the clue, and not as much on is that really the day in history that that happened, or is that really the uniform number? For a guy clue? without a clue, oh. you, oh. <laughs> there you go. And no guess this hour. Oh no! I mean, that's what hurts even more. Wow! Well, you tied it all together. You put a nice <laughs> ribbon on things. Well done. Did anybody guess twenty-four and thirty-two? That's the better question because that's the actual winner. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're talking You've about already... Traverse City, Traverse City, Michigan, and Justin. <laughs> so he made so, a mistake. So too. other than you had the wrong city of where the winner was from and the wrong clue with Shaq, you did okay. Justin maybe deserves <laughs> it even more because he's like Fritzy probably messed up because he doesn't know what he's doing and he just assumed that. So I, the winner thought he, he, he means thought thirty-two he had, he and he put thirty-four because he's thinking Lakers at thirty-four. But I bet you it's it's, it's Shaq. Okay, two. all right, yeah, Paul. Shaq was thirty-three at LSU, and then thirty-two when he started with Orlando. And then 34. So someone with Orlando had 33 when when he came into the league. Who who do you think that would be? Who had 33? Yeah, because Shaq, I assume, wanted 33 or because he had 33 in college. Jerry Ice Reynolds. <laughs> I don't know. I just threw that name out. Donald, Donald Royal? No. He's like 10. Ask Todd. He seems to know all about Shaq. I'm doing a little search now for all well, the history of Orlando Magic players that won number 32 and 33. Uh, Tammy in Ohio joins us. Man, this show went to a screeching halt. Again, my fault. Hi, Tammy. What's on your mind? Hi, Dan. Uh, speaking of sports betting, we have been betting on Mario and Tyler, and I just want to make sure you announce the winner tomorrow. And... If he loses, if Mario loses again, I am sending 
a balloon launcher and a cup to the show. And you guys just have a balloon fest on. Now, you know, they, they, they faced each other last week. So they're, they're playing. Yeah, but I, they're playing today. I yeah, they're playing today. So I need you to announce the winner. OK, so th- this is just this is a friendly, I think, Tammy. So it's not a rematch. Well, OK, but it is a rematch with me and my husband. Oh, okay. Okay, if you want to bet on who has a better score, Tammy, then, you know, Seton yes. is going to be there and uh, Dylan, our graphics guy. Seton, will you keep okay. score today? Thank you, Tammy. And then we'll take that You're balloon welcome. launcher. Hell yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I thought that this was a friendly, but I can I can keep score for those guys and, and uh, we can even have a friendly I, balloon I, I, launcher. I don't know if they can do it. I don't know if they're capable of handling the press. There's no cameras today, but Seton, you're going you're gonna to see this firsthand. <laughs> this is not pretty. Seton's going to play today with Tyler, the creator, moderator, and uh, Mario. Mario. Mario and Dylan. Yeah. But if you want, Seton says he wants to pair with Mario. And it'll be Dylan and Tyler. Is but that what it, it is officially? I, I think you and Brace, Me and Yeah, you and Mario. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that would be good. But I think Tyler and Mario need to have a straight up bet. Yes, Paul. Dan, I know you're dying to hear this before we go to break. The year Shaquille O'Neal was a rookie with Orlando. Terry Catledge. Oh, that's right. Terry, Terry was a good fantasy player, not a good free throw shooter. I think he shot 58% yeah, from I don't the line. Know, I don't know if his number 33 hangs in the rafters there in the uh, whatever arena down in Orlando. He played at South Alabama and wore number 33 for the uh, Magic. Oh, Was Ice Reynolds on that team? Uh, I don't have him there. Nick Anderson, Anthony Bowie, Bison Daylight, Latero Green, Steve Kerr, Greg oh. Kite. This is Shaq's rookie team. Donald Royal. What a deep team. Dennis Scott, Scott Skiles. Man. It's a deep squad. Didn't Skiles set the single, single game, game? I think 31 assists, maybe. It might have been 30, oh. but, it, but it's, it's right there. I think he set the single game assist record. It's a deep squad, though. Terry Catledge. Sixers pick, 1985. Mm. Chris Corciani, you loved him. Oh, fire and ice. Yeah. Is it Rodney Monroe? Rodney Monroe, uh, NC State. Yeah, nice. NC State. Yeah, nice. Right. Let's take a break here. You don't want to break down Latero Green's addition to the Magic in the 90s? I think he could jump. I don't know if he could play. Literal Green. Was he out of Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he could play. I think he could jump. Tommy Tolbert was on that squad? Tom Tolbert. Pride of KNBR. (laughs) Tommy Tolbert. Man. I never liked those Orlando uniforms with the pinstripes. The black and the blue and the white? I didn't like They that. went over pretty well at the time. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But then so did the Charlotte Hornets when they had the teal. Ugh. Those were, they did that conjunction with a, a designer, Alexander Julian. He actually yeah. consulted. Yeah. I had some of his ties that I wore on SportsCenter back then. It all comes back to me. Take a break here. Last call for phone calls. What we learn. What's in store tomorrow. That's coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Marvin just did some research and we found out that when Shaq got to Orlando, Terry Catledge had the number 33 and that's what Shaq wore in college. And Shaq wanted 33. Terry Catledge wanted $50,000. <laughs> uh, 
Shaq said, no, I'll come up with my own new number. Yeah, I'm pulling. Shaq's draft night picture, they actually took a picture of him with a 33 Orlando Magic jersey that they made into cards. <laughs> and so he was going to be 33. They had the 33 ready for him. But then uh, the big cat said no. Scott Skiles had 30 assists in a game against Denver. The Magic scored 155 points <laughs> against the Nuggets. 155 to 116. Wow. They had four three-pointers. Imagine having 155 points and four three-pointers. I don't know if there's ever been a disparity between the number of points scored and the number of threes made than that. Four three-pointers. So 12 of your 155 points were on three-pointers here. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie, other than what I just brought up here. Yeah, I got a bunch. I'm running out. Uh, 1922, the American Professional Football Association, the APFA, took the name of the National Football League. Can you imagine if there was the still that? Announcers would be saying NFL, you know, APFA. Mm. Um, 1971, the National Basketball Association modified the four-year eligibility rule to allow for hardship cases. 1971. This is a good one. 2010, John Isner defeated Nicholas Mahout after 11 hours and 183 games. We watched that live in the old studio. I know. That was crazy. That's it. Yep. All right. And there's Barry Bonds, 03. Barry Bonds, 500 homers, 500 stolen bases. Not that day, collectively. Oh, okay. That would be a record or something. Wild night for him. Wild night. Uh, McLevin, final results of the poll question. Do you like having a runner on second base to start extra innings? 64% say no. We were just, uh, Paulie said, you know, everybody here in the room uh, is married. So we have five marriages. No remarriages, five marriages. And then we immediately said, I would not get remarried. I wouldn't get married again. Hypothetically, of course. Yeah, Paulie. Every single dude who's gotten married a second time has said, I'm never getting married again. Every or, single one. I, I checked it. Dennis Quaid just got married, and his wife is 27. <laughs> awesome. I think he might be my age, and his wife is 27. He just got divorced again in 2018. He's 66. Oh, he's older than me. Looking good, though. Yeah. Well, he's probably had some help. Oh, accusation. I don't know. <laughs> but I, Do you have a second source on that, Dan? Oh, no, I don't. Um... Yeah, I wouldn't get remarried. Would anybody get remarried? Hypothetically. Oh, Todd, quick, no, I don't know if quick I, with a hand. No, I, was, I don't know if I was get, get remarried, but I was wondering if like polygamy was legal. Would you take a second wife if you had your eye on someone no. you were falling in love with? No. No. If it was legal, I'd be more likely to keep the one Would I you? have and add a second one as opposed to you know getting someone else instead. Because mm. I'm very happy with what I have. If anything, I would just add to There the, are places you can move to if you want to okay. and do that. It is true. There are some uh, pockets that have that in the mountain time zone. <laughs> From what I've read, I don't know. Hypothetically. Gossip. Hypothetically. No, I, I would not do that. Plus, like Dennis Quaid is 66 and she's 27? Man. Yeah, McLovin. Like, imagine trying to match up cultural references, like the shows she grew up on and the shows he grew up on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that song by Steely Dan, Hey 19, that's Retha Franklin. Like he's, so he's dating a 19-year-old, and he's trying to explain, I think, who the Queen of Soul is. So that, I think that's what the reference is with uh, Steely Dan. Uh, let me see. 
Anything else on me? Uh, McLovin sent this to me, and I don't want to be an alarmist, but uh, an aggressive human biting tick responsible for an array of diseases is rapidly expanding in Connecticut. Uh, let me see. What? Uh, yeah, McLovin. One of the big side effects of this particular, the Lone Star tick, is that it creates a, an allergy to red meat. And it's actually centered in the county that one Paul Paps lives in, as a matter of fact. Can you imagine if Paulie was allergic to red meat? It could never uh, happen. They cannot let that happen. That tick could not take me down. My love for red meat is that strong. I would outlast that tick. And they're called Lone Star Ticks. And that's an insult to the great state of Texas where they love meat. Yeah. Have you guys, are you guys afraid of ticks? Like, not afraid of ticks, but have you yeah. caught on? This is like a big thing. I mean. Well, I thought I had Lyme disease for. I was tested for Lyme many, many, many times. And I thought that maybe I had Lyme because I had, you know, similar symptoms. You can never be positive you didn't either, right? There's no uh, way to prove it. It never happened. Uh, yeah, because uh, the um, medicine I was taking, prednisone, doesn't work on Lyme disease. And it worked on what I had. That was the only reason why I knew that I, I'd go in and somebody would say, have you been tested for Lyme? And I would say, yes, many, many times. Blood taken, yeah. Well, you could have a false positive. Can I have a negative positive? A, 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 you know, so then you're just going, all right, whatever. Take the blood, and then I'll confer with you later. Let's go around the room what we learned on the program. Uh, Todd, I'll start with you. What did you learn today? I learned that Shaquille O'Neal did not have number 34 when he was drafted by Orlando. It was 32. And mm, if anything, mm. he was trying to get 33, so I had two chances to get something right. I didn't pick 32 or 33. <laughs> Disaster. Other than that, you did a really good that, job. Yeah, I got the Ricky Henderson number 24. That's, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, McLovin, what did you learn today? For whom the bell toils may or may not be a thing. It's for whom the bell tolls, right? Yes, that's the, the name of the book. Okay. Seton O'Connor. Uh, Jeff Passan, a.k.a. The Wet Blanket, has a fake background. I know. Those aren't real books and albums behind him. He's the debunker. Uh, Paulie, what did you learn today? ESPN producing bogus backgrounds, question mark? <laughs> no, there's oh. no question mark. Question mark sources? When Rachel Nichols from the Mothership joins us, will, she's going to have to prove that the background is real. We're going to find that out. Uh, Todd, what did I learn on today's program? Uh, sticking with Jeff Pass in the debunker, says the Dodgers-Yankees favorites to meet in the World Series. Padres, his surprise team. Yeah, that was interesting. I like that. Uh, did you do final results of the poll question, McLevin? Uh, yeah, I did. People do not want the runner on second base in the 10th inning. I don't want it, but I'll like I'll take it. If you said there's going to be 60 games, I'll take it. Yes, Paul. People are asking, does Fritzy's wife want a second husband as well? We should work both ways. <laughs> Absolutely. She'd trade me in in a second. What we learned brought to you by Raycon. You're going to love these wireless earbuds. They're the way to go. Get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Patrick. That's buyraycon.com slash Patrick. Thanks for joining us. Emails, tweets, phone calls. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Dan Patrick Show.